Welcome to the Acoustic You Podcast, guys. I am your host, Cheyenne Williams, and if you are here to find the real, raw, unapologetic version of ourselves, you have came to the right place. So if you're ready, I'm ready, let's lock arms, and let's go out and change the world. You guys, I just want to give you a quick reminder before we get into this Monday episode is going to be epic. I'm going to give you a sneak peek on what it will look like to be in the Dig Deep workshop. So if you want to purchase the full package, tap the link in the show notes for that. It's absolutely life-changing. It is a self-led. You get three hours of lifetime access to this incredible trauma shift training. And so you're going to get the good good today. Um, So one of the most important news letters announcements i want to give to you today is i am hosting embody her tonight in a private facebook community you will have lifetime access to this incredible training this is women's only sorry not sorry but it's time to get absolutely like unfuck with the bull right so when i do this work i am truly lit all the way up my soul is on fire i ignite this flame inside of me that i didn't even think is possible and seeing this gorgeous epic sexy holistic trauma healing empire just unfold in front of us is a full body fuck yes right so the thing is though is that my entire life i have been taught to do the safe thing the stable thing to stay in my lane to stay in the box don't mess up societal norms right dim your light because you're intimidating others i've been told it all I've been taught it all and I've been told that I shouldn't be doing things in front of my kids. I shouldn't be saying things in front of my kids. My passions are going to get me in trouble. My attitude is going to get me in trouble. My big dreams are too big to dream about. I've been bullied by my peers for not fitting in. I've been judged by my colleagues for being too out there, hippie woo woo, whatever the fuck that means. And I've been fired from jobs for not staying in alignment with their shitty ass politics. So you guys, with everything that I've experienced, I have conjured up the most desirable free training for you. I also over deliver a hundred thousand percent of the time. So make sure you get in here because this is the last time it's going to be for free. After tonight, it's going to be um, a paid training so if you want access to it at a later date you will have to pay a small fee um but it's going to come together right so with my life all of the big dreams the big goals the big passions the bulliness the hurt the the shame the doubt all of it came together every hater every doubter every shitty ex who hurt me every heartbreak i experienced every domestic violent relationship i was in and every sexual trauma led me to this work that i am giving to you so when you do this work with me it will make sense if you feel like your life does not make sense i promise you i will help you make sense of it all you will fill in all of the holes making you whole again and before you know it you're going to be this fearless queen with traumas being an asset 
not a liability this work is absolutely magical you guys but it takes a special diamond to shine bright through this shitty mud so my question for you is are you that diamond are you ready to rip your panties off and go into 2023 as this sexy sensual self-loving goddess that you are meant to be and if you are make sure you click the link in the show notes because again today is the last day to get embody her for free and to have live free training from me on how to actually have this self-love self-fulfilling embodiment that you are meant to have and so again you guys this is the last chance for you to get this training for free also doors closed for desired in two days two days and desire closes and you guys desired is literally my passion project i am giving all of my vulnerability to you and i am ready to enter 2023 hot and i want you to come with me so desired is a 12 week program where you get one-on-one reframe sessions with me as well as group training sessions with an empowered women community again this container is only for women sorry not sorry but in the 12 weeks we will generate more intimacy in your life and we will tap in to the common patterns that are influenced from our abusive traumas we will tap into your unhealed wounds through forgiveness we'll tap into your limiting beliefs to affirm more sensuality into your life and we will tap into reframing your traumas to be an asset rather than a liability just like the embodied training and you guys we will tap into self-pleasuring techniques that can serve as a self-healing body meditation holy crap and if you have not listened to last friday's episode the tantric meditation you need to go do that right now because that is exactly how you incorporate a self-healing body meditation into your sexual trauma healing so that is a perfect example of what those pleasuring techniques would look like and we'll tap into reframing how you see feel and receive in reality so you will open doors to seeing how little shifts in perspective can turn on big changes in your life will turn you on which will absolutely blow the fuck up so again we start december 1st doors close november 30th prices will go up prices will go up So get in while you can because it is absolutely amazing. It's $7,999. We have flexible payment options, monthly, weekly, extended payment plans. So you guys, make sure you slide into my DMs at underscore Cheyenne Williams on Instagram to talk more if you have any questions, comments, or hesitations. If not, click the link in the show notes and claim your spots because I only have space for 12 gorgeous goddesses. So you need to let me know if one of these spaces are yours now let's dive in to today's episode and sneak peek of dig deep first off i just want to continue to tell you guys how proud i am for making this time out to not only focus on yourself but to focus on yourself so that you can get better for your future families right so in day one just a little quick recap we spoke about how you can actually have generational trauma in your DNA um, and how it can actually play a role into your future grandkids and great-great-grandkids and it can live up to 13 generations. And for homework, I had you guys map out your trauma timeline. I also want to reiterate, 
just because the timelines are significant and that is kind of like our milestone and where we're going to be stemming from, if you don't have time to do it, I still want you to show up because by you showing up, you're still going to gain the nuggets and the knowledge and the tips and the tricks. So you can do the timeline outside on your own time when you actually have time to sit down and dig deep and do all the things. Um, so if you did not complete the timeline from last night, that is okay. Um, I still want you to show up and just be authentic, right? It's about being real and raw and giving yourself grace when grace is needed. So today we're going to be focusing on the themes. So we're going to be diving into a little bit more about hope and that acronym we spoke about, healing your inner child to create the optimism to generate the peaceful energy we desire, right? And we do that by the themes that our trauma has impacted into our life, whether that is by finding and enabling domestic violent relationships right? Maybe that is money mindset and you not being able to have financial responsibility due to the traumas that you've experienced. We're going to touch on those themes and we're going to kind of break down what it would look like for you to follow through the storm to actually create your rainbow. And then tomorrow we're going to do the reconstructions so that you can actually start to affirm it into your life and start generating the abundance that you absolutely deserve. So if anyone wants to share maybe some themes that came up on your timeline, I would love to hear from you guys. If not, we can just, um, I could just talk about some common themes that have came up with some past clients that I've worked on um, and see if those resonate with you guys. Does anyone have the desire on their heart to share some common themes that they've noticed from the trauma that they've been experiencing throughout their life? I'm open to share. I love that, Jason. Okay. Yeah, of course, go for it. Okay. Um, a couple, I was born in 1971, November 18, 1971. And I put down in 1985, I put down being teased for my weight, um, having a big butt where people was really, when I was around this age, really was joking around and really hurt my feelings a lot during that time when I take five when I was in middle school. Um, that was one thing. Um, the other thing I shared, like in 1986, getting emotionally when I did do, didn't do well on tests and, and, and the exams. And mm -hmm. I think I define myself as being very um, emotional and tearing up when I didn't get a, like a good grade on my exam. And I think I kind of beat myself up a lot. That was in 1986, still during my middle um, high school years. Um, I'll share just a couple of more. I mean, I'll share a couple of more. I don't want to take up too much time, but um, some that was kind of in the years like 2017, 2019. Um, my mom's passing away. That was a, it's a big one that happened in um, 2019. I'm excuse me, 2017. My mom passed. And then um, COVID hit. And guess what really is her uh, trauma right now that I'm going through a lot right now is my uh, dad uh, had a bad fall a couple of months ago in May. And I've been doing caregiving for that. Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, is going through a divorce. Yeah. So these are different traumas, different ups and downs from my younger years to kind of my adult years. I kind of skipped over the middle part, but 
that's what I wrote down. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us, Jason. I'm super proud of you for being able to feel confident enough to get vulnerable with us. That is amazing. So huge accomplishment for yourself. Um, and totally okay that you didn't have to, you didn't have to share all of them. Um, but for the ones that you did share, I find a common theme and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I find a common theme of almost a sense of being perfect, right? Um, is that accurate or is it more than that? It's accurate. I mean, I, I have that tendency of wanting to, I guess, prove myself and I guess others, but I guess it's a combination of both. With mm -hmm. my parents and also myself just doing doing having good grades and doing well in school and when I don't do well it really beats me up sometimes yeah and is that something that your parents like implemented into you or just something that you held on to I think it held on to I think it's one of those things where I think I just wanted to be good and and have good grades and be in the honor roll those things I've seen when I was in high school I always like to be in the honor roll having good attendance those good things positive things that I guess you would say high school and middle school that you kind of uh, pursue yeah yeah absolutely right so having high expectations for yourself in the sense and do you see that playing a role into your adult life today Yes. Yes. Can, can you I do elaborate beat myself up? Yeah. yeah, I do beat myself up when it comes to like assignments or if I don't do so well or something, or if someone kind of, kind of, I guess, give me, get negative feedback. I mean, I mm -hmm. do recall even when I'm my career and my job, when they do those uh, performance evaluations every year and they share things and, you, you don't want to hear negative things, of course, when it comes to yourself. And when you do, it kind of brings back things and it kind of hurts and you get teared up. And I even, it was kind of a little embarrassing, but it was right when they were saying it, I did get emotional when they were saying these things for the PE exam, or not PE exam, but the professional evaluation at my job. And I had, was tearing up in front of my, one of my coworkers. Yeah. 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 So this sense of having higher expectations for yourselves almost forms perfectionism, right? And we'll talk about that today on kind of why we have the perfectionism inside of us to be the best versions of ourselves, right? But like, what does that best version actually look like? Um, and so having these expectations play a role in relationships, finances, right? Academic standings, kind of like what you were talking about. But it also plays a role into the sense of like us never really being satisfied, right? And always wanting more in life. And then if things do go wrong, whether that is divorce, getting sick, getting fired or terminated from a job, we almost have depression and anxiety increased because now those expectations that we had for ourselves no longer exist, right? And so we're going to tap into all of that today. So thank you so much, Jason, for sharing with us and getting vulnerable. You're very welcome. Thank you. Does anyone else want to share before I kind of continue on? If so, go ahead and unmute yourself and you have the floor. Okay, this is one I want to share with quickly in between lunches. Um, I did mine, mine started in 67. And then 
the one highlight when moving to California, then from grade school on, you know, being teased, whatever, um, about my skin tone or whatever. Um, in 85, I was um, raped by my um, a foster kid that my grandmother had in Vegas. Um, let's see. And from that rape, I had um, an abortion. Then I found myself being raped again. Um, let's see. And then, um, let's see, I had a heartbreak, um, a breakup. And like in 87, um, a child came from that in 88. Um, first marriage. Um, a child from that in 97, divorce, second marriage, and then third child. And then like in 20, I was year, I lost my first home. And then 2020, renewed my vows. And then the death of my dad, the death of my dog, I mean, the death of my dad, the death of my mom, and the death of my favorite dog, getting COVID, husband getting COVID. And then I ended in 2022, I'm still standing. Yeah, I love that. And I'm proud of you for still standing. That's the important part, right? We have all these terrible things that happen to us and it knocks us down, but you still stand, right? You're still thriving. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter all of the craziness and terrible things that happen to us. At the end of the day, your hugest accomplishment is that you're still standing and that gives you a purpose, right? Because for you to share your truth with us today, Rhonda, which thank you so much, I'm so proud of you. Um, it's giving you a voice, right? So I had the luxury of being able to know you my whole life and watching that journey of where you've started to where you came from today, despite your adversities, like it's giving you a voice to stand in this confidence, to speak your truth and to share that truth with others, despite the judgment that you might receive from it. Right. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And again, we're going to talk in on all of the transformations and transformative of hope in that sense of healing yourself for the peaceful energy, um, a little bit later. Does anyone else want to share before I continue to dive into today's lesson? All right, guys. So let's get into it again. Thank you, everybody who has shared. You guys do not have to share, but I do appreciate you guys participating because that is when you get the most out of it, right? We heal in numbers. And so being able to share our stories with each other is truly an amazing thing and something that will forever be held into my heart. So. Today's lesson, again, are three themes and hopes. So hope is transformative, right? How did we get to where we are today? That's the number one question that I kind of want you guys to hold on to as we go on into today's lesson is how did I get here? How did I become the person I am today? Whether that is through the traumas, through the lessons, through the characteristics that you've gained along the, along the way, ask yourself and continue to ask yourself, how did I get here? I also want you to know that trauma is not racist, right? There is no prejudice against the storms that we all occur. We've heard from multiple people on this Zoom. And yesterday, I kind of shared my story. 
we're all different colors. We're all different ages. We come from all different walks of lives, but I share the same stories as some of you guys on the Zoom today. So that is proof that your trauma, your storms that you're overcoming, they don't judge. They don't care if you're unicorn, black, white, purple, a hundred years old or five years old, you're going to go through them. And life does not owe you an explanation for the traumas you endured right? Because that's another thing. We're always like, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen? Why can I not have a normal life? Why do I always have hard things happening? And we want to give up because we're so caught on the whys, but it doesn't owe you an explanation. And once you realize that, that it's here, it's up to you to find the lessons that it's giving you, but life itself does not have to explain why these things are happening. Just know that it is actually happening for your favor, even if you don't see that in that very second, right? So yesterday I spoke about my sexual abuse, right? My physical abuse. No one should ever go through that, but I'm so grateful that I did because it allows me to show up as the trauma counselor I am today for my clients and for you guys, right? So that is a lesson that I've learned and a blessing that I've gained from my storms but life did not explain that to me when I was walking through the weather, right? So be focused on the fact that you've been created perfectly, right? So we are all perfectly imperfect. We have 6 billion cells in our body and each 6 billion cells that we all carry are all individually different. The 6 billion cells I have inside of me is different than Rochelle's, is different than Jason's, is different than Karen's. And that is what makes us perfectly designed is that they are, there is no one in this world that is going to be you other than you. And we can all experience life the same way. We can all have the same common themes from our traumas, right? Being perfect, lack of security, not fitting in, just craving for love and happiness. But it's all going to look different because we're all uniquely differently designed. So ultimately, we have to stop complaining about the traumas that we are experiencing right? We have to be able to listen to them and look into how is this actually working for me rather than against me? What are the blessings, the blessings that are going to come from this traumatic event so that I can turn it into my purpose rather than something that is going to take me out? Trauma is a necessity of life, right? Life cannot be perfect. If you think of your life as a book and we're flipping through the pages, we have the luxury of holding up a book and being able to flip to the end page and be like, okay, this character lived happily ever after. But if we're in the book of Jason, the book of Mike, like we're not gonna be able to be like, okay, well in chapter five, Jason was able to do this, right? Cause we're walking each day and each page just getting to the next. And so it's up to us to continue to move past those pages to ultimately see the end results of our happy ever after. Does that make sense? So just know that the universe, God, the higher power, whoever you believe in, they're of all knowing, right? So a lot of us believe that if you're, you know, believe in God, that God puts you here and he has all types of control over your life. If you're spiritual, like I am, and you believe in the universe, like the universe puts you in here and you can manifest in law of attraction and it's going to be amazing, right? But at the end of the day, those traumas that we endure are needed for whatever plan our higher power or our belief system has in store for us. Nothing can frustrate our plan of life. 
right? So our book has already been created. It's just up to us to make it to the last page. But in order for us to make it to the last page, we have to go through all of the plot twists, all of the twists and curves. We have to bob and weave all of the trauma in order to actually see what is going to happen. Trauma happens because we stray from the path, right? So healing is not linear. Life is not linear. Sometimes we take the wrong way and a traumatic event happens to detour us back to our right path right? It's a detour. It's here to slow us down and to redirect us to our purpose in life. Sometimes it gives you an advantage because it makes you more purposeful. In high school, I knew I wanted to be in the psychology field. In high school, I knew I wanted to be in the mental health field. But I didn't know that all of my trauma in college and along the way after high school graduation was actually going to set me up to be a better therapist than if I just would have walked the normal path that I had designed in my mind. So as you hold on to that question of how did I get here, I also, I also want you to take a mental note that your trauma has a purpose. And we're going to find out what that purpose actually is because you have to experience the storm to see the lessons, right? So we, when kids grow up and our parents used to tell us, don't do this, don't do that because of A, B, and C, they were teaching us the lessons. But it's one thing to actually hear it from them. And it's another thing to go do the thing we're not supposed to do to learn the lessons ourselves, right? So if you think about touching a stove, if mom and dad were like, don't touch the stove because it's hot and you're going to burn yourself as a child, they might be like, okay, but that kid is probably going to go touch the stove. And then when they touch the stove and realize how hot it is, and they actually burn themselves, then they know that he said, she said that they were being taught was actually legit. And it's the same thing for our traumas. You have to go through the bad breakups, the hard relationships, the financial difficulties for you to actually know and to actually learn the lessons yourself. And I know it is not sexy to go through all of the hardships. It's not sexy to have the depression and the anxiety, but the lessons and the blessings you learn from those experiences is what makes you sexy and is what gives you the confidence in order to thrive in life. There's no amount of books or podcasts that can give you the teachable lessons that your trauma has given you, right? You can hear from it. You can have all of your friends and family telling you the right and wrongs, but you actually have to live the walk of life. You have to walk the walk and talk the talk and walk the talk to be able to actually know what they're talking about. Mental note number two. What you go through, you grow through. Everything you are going through in life, you are learning and you are adding to your higher self to grow through it. So your life has a resume, okay? I'm all for the metaphors and the examples. So if you think of resumes, everyone on this call, I'm assuming, has applied for a job and has created a resume in some way, shape, or form. So what happens when you create the resume? You're adding all of your job experiences, all of your internship experiences, all of your certifications, all of your awards, all of the things to make you perfectly fit for that position you're, you're applying for. And it's the same thing in life. 
everything we experience is adding to our life resume in order for us to be able to fulfill that position of our higher self, our best self, the self of us where the things are going to get a little bit lighter. We're not going to be fixed, right? I'm the first person to tell you that. I cannot fix you. I cannot cure you. I wish I could. My job is to help make the things in your life lighter. My job is to help you become aware of your triggers and become, a, become aware of the things that make you feel out of alignment so that when you experience them in life, you know how to better react to them. Controlling the controllables. That is what I am here to teach you. I wish I could tell you that your triggers are never going to come up, but we are always going to have triggers in life and new ones are always going to come up. It's up to us to be able to adapt to those triggers so that we can actually live a life worth living rather than letting our triggers dictate us and hinder us and disable us to not live a life worth living. We have to have belief. Right. So yesterday in day one, I spoke about how we have belief in our breath. We believe in ourselves, and we have enough confidence to know that if we inhale, we're going to exhale. We have enough confidence to know that if we go to sleep, we're going to wake up the next day. We have enough belief to know that if we're out partying on a Friday night and we need to go get home, we're going to find a way to get home. Right. Those are some things that we have confidence in, even in the unknown. So we have to have that same belief in our healing and in our trauma journey to know that we're going to do everything it takes to get to that happy ending, to get to that home, to get to our higher self. And that belief is what's going to give you the motivation and the desire to follow through. But you cannot follow through unless you see what's on the other side. You have to be able to see it, right? So you see that if you inhale, you have to exhale. You see that if you fall asleep, you have to wake up. You see that if you get into your car, you're going to make it to point B. So we have to see that everything we're doing in life, no matter how hard it is, our point B, our end game is going to be the best thing and the most rewarding thing ever once we actually get there. All you see is what you get, right? So going back to yesterday, if you hold it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Law of attraction is one of the laws of the universe and you attract energy, right? So it's science, we are all energetic beings. We're made up of a bunch of energetic molecules that make us into a solid, right? We've heard of karma. What goes around comes around is law of attraction, okay? So if you are constantly living in a negative atmosphere, if you are constantly letting those themes of having to be perfect, having to fit in, not being the right color shade, not having the perfect hair, maybe it's your sexual orientation and your family is not in alignment with it. Whatever those themes are that came up in your trauma timeline, you have to know that you need to be able to see the better side of things. Who cares if you are 
having curly hair instead of straight hair? Who cares if you are sexually fluid and you don't associate with a label? Who cares if you're biracial and you're not one ethnicity? Who cares if you're not perfect? But once you see that that is who you actually are, you can then start to see that the right people will start to become attracted to you. When you show up as your best self, the best self will come to you. But if you constantly put yourself in negative environments where you're not in alignment, hanging out with friends who always want to gossip or talk about negative things, hanging out with people who have the broke mentality of money is hard and I can't earn money and I have to work hard for money and I grew up in poverty so I'll never have money. That is going to keep you at that baseline. Your environment, who you surround yourself with, what you watch on TV, what you fill your brains with, what are you reading, what are you listening to, all of that plays in a role with what you see. So if you are constantly seeing negative things, you're going to see negative things as a result. So the first thing you have to do if you want your life to change and if you want to start actually seeing some healing in your life, you have to be able to know that you're worthy of way more than what your life is currently at. And then you have to see it through by putting yourselves in situations that are going to allow you to get there. Hang out with positive people, listen to podcasts, read more personal development books, eat healthy, exercise, do all the right things and the right things will start to follow. Your worst storm is your best experience, right? You have to go through those lessons in order to get the blessings. And I am the first person to be able to preach that because I saw it firsthand. When I left my last domestic violent relationship, I was at rock bottom. I shared that with you guys yesterday. I was suicidal. I wanted to give up on life. My ex at the time literally took everything out of our apartment to where I didn't even have a bed. All I had was clothes. He turned off the utilities. And I had a two-month-old daughter at the time. A lot of you and a lot of other people would give up. And I could have. I could have given up. I could have came back to California and moved in with my parents and dropped out of college. But I chose not to. I chose the hard. Right? I chose the worst storm, the tornado, the hurricane, and all the things to show up as the person I am today. And if I would have never went through those worst storms, I wouldn't have my family I have today. Because of that really crazy, shitty relationship, I met the most amazing human that is now my partner. And because I met him, I now have the most amazing human as a son. But if you would have asked me that six years ago when I was walking that life, all I wanted to do was die. So that is a prime example of how your worst storms can actually be your biggest blessings. We are unstoppable forces, but you have to believe in that, right? You have to have faith in yourself, which is the confidence to know that your fear and your adversity is imitating you and is imitating something that is going to threaten you to harm you. 
once you are aware that all of those things are actually not there and they're just conjuring up in your mental belief, you can then have the confidence to control them. We can absolutely control our thoughts. It takes practice. It takes a lot of work, but we can absolutely control our thoughts. And having that faith and having that confidence in ourselves is essential if you ever want to become a better version of yourself. Having that faith makes you human. We are the only animal species on this planet that has faith. If you think of animals, they are constantly in survival mode. They are constantly living in fight or flight. They're constantly looking just for the next meal so that they can eat and make it through the next day. Having to always keep their head on a swivel for predators. But we have the luxury of not being able to do that. We have the luxury of having faith to know that we can control our life. We can choose to put ourselves in unsafe situations and to take ourselves out. We have a choice whether or not we want to live in survival mode or whether or not we want to actually live in abundance. So we have to stop treating ourselves like an animal and stop having confidence in what you have right? Your ego. So going back to lesson one yesterday, we talked about your ego being a baby, right? You pull your ego out of a chaotic life when that is all it knows, it's going to do everything in its power to put yourself back into that chaotic life. Because that is what you're confident in. If you're confident being financially strapped, you know how to properly live paycheck to paycheck to get to the next meal. You may not like it, but you confidently know and you confidently have the skills to do what you have to do to make it work. If you were in a domestic violent relationship, you confidently know the things you shouldn't and should be doing if that partner is going to abuse you or not. That's why people stay in that cycle because they know what to expect. Just like how you know what to expect if you are financially unstable. You know what to expect if you're in substance abuse. So now we have to have the confidence in what we hope for. We have to have the confidence to know that we can strive to be our best self. We hope for a world that's happier, but do we even know what a happy world looks like? We hope for a partner that's going to treat us good, but do we actually know what being good, being treated good looks like? We hope for financial freedom, but do we actually know what financial freedom feels like? We don't, and we'll never know what those things feel like unless we are confidently believing that we are worthy of those things. You want to be happier, but do you actually know what happy feels like? Once you make that switch and that mindset shift to take your trauma to hopefulness, you can then start to have confidence in the things you hope for and to the things you desire. You'll start to have that belief in yourself and that self-love in yourself to where you're no longer feeling trapped in life. That sense of having confidence in just what you have makes you powerless. And it's time for us to take our power back. But are you willing to risk everything in your life that you're used to being with? Are you like comfortable enough to risk 
your comfortability for the possibility. Sometimes the things that make us comfortable, they no longer serve us, right? So we have to do the uncomfortable thing to create the new comfortability in our life. But you have to be willing to risk the comfortableness for the possibility. Hope only exists in the future. Your higher self only exists in the future. So you have to be mindful of all the themes from your traumas, right? Be mindful of all your triggers. Be mindful of all your unserving patterns so that you can then know how to control them. So that you can then reparent yourself the way your parents didn't parent you and have the same hope that you have in breathing, have in yourself. We're future creatures, right? That's why we never settle. We always want more, right? We're always on to the next thing. What is my life gonna look like tomorrow? Oh, I'll just put this on for tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. That's who we are, but tomorrow is not promise. So if we have hope in knowing that tomorrow is going to come, we should have enough hope and confidence to know that we can design our future. You already design your future by making future appointments, right? I got a couple of girls on here. How many of you guys actually already booked your nail appointment and your hair appointment? How many of you guys already got babysitting planned for date night? How many of you guys have medical appointments that are probably tomorrow or the next day? Right, you're planning for the future. So now it's time to plan for your future by healing your trauma. What are you going to do today, tomorrow, and the next day to show up as your best, best authentic self? We are designed to want more in life. But wanting more in life is not going to get your nails done. Wanting more in life is not going to a doctor's appointment. Wanting more in life is actually creating a life that you're happy in creating a life where you can show up authentic and genuine and feel full, right? Showing up to where you're not feeling trapped or stuck. We talked about those sensory support receptors yesterday and how they block out the invisible things, right? So yesterday I used the analogy of getting hit in the face with the ball. You know, you got hit in the face, but you think the ball came out of nowhere, right? Or some of you guys get into car accidents. You're like, I don't know where that car came from. That's because your sensory support receptors were like not important. It does the same thing when you don't have faith. When you don't have faith in yourself, when you don't love yourself enough, you block out all of the invisible. Things are always happening around you. Everything has a compound effect, right? Your trauma has a compound effect. But if you don't have faith in yourself and if you don't have hope to plan for your higher self, all of those invisible things are, are actually working out for you. You're not able to see them, right? So how many of you guys are like, I'm doing all the right things, but nothing is working. That's because you don't have faith in yourself to see that things are actually working. Right? So a lot of us are closed-minded, but we have to start to become open-minded to know that our traumas 
are actually working for us in a way that we may not actually be able to see until that one thing actually happens to where we have that light bulb aha moment. Your mind, your imagination is where the visibility lies. Right? Your mind is what creates your reality. So if you want things to happen for you, you have to believe that things can happen. You have to believe that all of your patterns and your walk of life that got you here are no longer serving you. And you have to believe and tell yourself every single day that your new path in life is what's going to actually start to serve you by doing the things you don't wanna do and not relying on motivation. Motivation is BS, guys. It's like New Year's resolutions, right? So I'm going to finish on this before I open up for questions. But how many of you guys have had New Year's resolutions that don't make it past the first two weeks of the new year? It's like going to the gym and thinking that day one at the gym, you're going to have abs and not realizing that you actually have to go for three, four, five, six, maybe a year to actually start seeing results. Right? And that's why New Year's resolutions don't work. It's because it's based off of motivation. But when you no longer have motivation, it comes down to discipline. Some of you guys may have jobs that you hate going to, but you still go because you're disciplined enough to know that if you show up, you're going to get paid. Right? So it's the same thing. You have to show up for yourself and do the coping skills every single day to know that the results are going to come and that it's about longevity and not a quick fix. It's about delay gratification, not quick gratification. But we have to keep our vision in our forefront and we have to be able to, be, to shift our minds from being fixed focused right? I'm only looking at the problem. I'm only looking at how terrible things are going for me. And we have to have the trauma shift to how is this working for me? How can I grow from this? What are the lessons I can learn from this? And then that is when you can start to affirm yourself that all of the hope and faith you have in yourself is real. And you'll start to see it manifest into your life. So tomorrow we are going to do exactly that. So tonight's homework, I want you to think about that question. How did you get here? For those of you that drew out your trauma timelines, look at your trauma timeline. Resonate on the patterns that show up. Journal about it. How did I get here? Right? Based off of those themes and patterns. And then I want you to take it one step further. How is this no longer serving me today? right? Having to be perfect, that, that's not serving you today. Because if it was serving you, you wouldn't have trauma. Worrying about the color of your skin, that's no longer serving you today. Right? So I want you to take it a step further and take those themes and those patterns that you're acknowledging and figure out why they no longer serve you. And what's the actual truth? 
And it's going to be a hard, right? Because we're so easy to be able to pinpoint the negative things about us. But I want you guys to dig deep and pinpoint the positive things about you. And we're going to come together tomorrow. We're going to share those like amazing positive things. And we're going to reconstruct them so that they can actually become affirmations in your life. So you can start generating the abundance and the joy and the pleasures and the desires that you are actually capable of having. So with all that being said, do you guys have any questions? Um, if you want to unmute yourself, you can, um, or you can drop it in the chat and I can answer questions that way. I had, I had a, uh, I guess uh, this Jason, I was wondering, you stated a statement saying, Worst storm can be your, and I, I couldn't, I can't remember what you said after you said that. Is it possible you can share me to me what was that said? When you yeah. said worst storm can be your. Yeah. Yes, your worst storm can be your best experience. Okay, best experience. Okay. And I had one question. I, I know mm -hmm. there's might be other people on here that would like to ask question, but um how how are you gonna help how can we get help with with our triggers yeah it's a good question so honestly the best way is to think of it as a pattern right so i wish i can i wish i can draw it out you know what i might i'll, I'll draw it out um this is when i wish i had like a whiteboard behind me so okay so we have a triggering event could you give me Something that triggers you, Jason? Oh, yeah. Um, I say one trigger is when, when someone's yelling at me. Okay. So being yelled at, why is that a trigger for you? Do you know or no? Um, I think it's a trigger because I don't, I mean, I guess it might be obvious with every, everybody, but you just don't like to be yelled at and I guess downgraded or just raising your voice. And sometimes people do it just to do it that's their nature and that's mm -hmm. how they talk mechanism is a talking is to yell but it's a trigger for me I just do not like it when someone yells at me okay now I want you to dig deeper I'm gonna push you a little bit not to pick on you but no have problem. you ever experienced childhood abuse or have you ever had someone yelling at you that made you feel less than based off of that um Trying to think back, I know you said some of us buried things that was when we were young, but from my childhood and everything, I don't believe I, I was yelled at when I was uh, growing up, no. Okay. And I think maybe that's why maybe I don't like it because maybe maybe one thing is I don't experience it when when I was growing up. I think I experience, I'm experiencing it when I've been an adult and Sally to say in my in my marriage and things of that nature too yeah and it could also be generational trauma right so african-american descents like they were sold into slavery and yelled at constantly so that lives in your dna right so this is what it would look like right so you have the trigger right so for this instance it's jason getting yelled at right the trigger sin we all agree okay what are the emotions that you feel when you get yelled at, whether it's anxiety, depression, being angry, what does that look like? It's a combination of 
being angry and also my heart racing pretty hard. And then lastly, pretty much flashing at the person yelling at me and lastly okay. sometimes r running away and walking away from it. just saying forget it and just run and just go the opposite direction and not not deal with it perfect okay not perfect but perfect okay <laughs> so adding on to this right so you have his trigger of being yelled at and hopefully you guys can see this. I can always take pictures and send it to you guys. Um, so you have the trigger of him being yelled at. That I'm assuming is probably stemming from the generational trauma. Okay. Um, or some repressed memory that he has. Then he has the emotion that is dictated from his trigger. Right. So he gets angry. It pisses him off. Then he has the behaviors that stems from that anger emotion of increased heart rate right? He starts to yell back or lashes out at them or he runs away, mm -hmm. right? So he either fights and yells back or he flights and he runs away, right? Yes. This is your amygdala working, okay? So these are the behaviors, right? He gets yelled at, he immediately either yells back or he runs with heart rate increased, right? It all happens like this, it's yeah. not like you're going to be like, oh, I'm getting yelled at. I feel angry. Okay, let's flash out. Like it happens so quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this is what's happening. You get yelled at, your amygdala kicks in and you're like, uh-uh, nope, we're going to fight or we're going to flight. Okay. So this is how you break that. Okay? okay. This is called the deflect mechanism. You have your trigger, right? And then you're going to interrupt it. So what is something that makes you feel good or helps you calm down? Um, I would say calm down, maybe music, I guess I would say also maybe, I mean, even though someone's yelling, uh, maybe a smile kind of calms me down when I see someone smiling, that um, makes things a little better or okay. relieves my, my tension when, when things are happening. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So to reflect them or to deflect it, right? Now, what Jason's going to start doing is if he gets yelled at and he has his trigger, he feels and he knows I'm getting angry. I'm getting worked up, right? By his behaviors of having increased heart rate, that can cause cardiac arrest for prolonged periods of time, right? So medical concerns. The yelling can actually cause and increase the situation because it can now cause them to get into a whole blown argument. And depending mm -hmm. on who he yells at, it can turn physical. Mm -hmm. And then the running, like that's not solving the problem because the problem's still gonna be there. Yes. Right? Yes. So what he's gonna now start doing is anytime he gets yelled at, he's gonna immediately know he has to calm down. And that sometimes looks like, you know what? I'm not gonna talk to you while you're yelling at me. Let me go listen to music. When you're calmed down, we can then have a conversation. Mm. right setting those boundaries and then staying true to those boundaries because sometimes people like to push the boundaries mm. no you're not gonna walk away from me da, 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 da. nope mm -mm. calm <laughs> down i will come back we can finish this conversation when you're not yelling at me when someone it, says calm down does that trigger that other person when you say that yeah it could trigger that person but that's on them 
that's not on you. Okay. Right? That's where they have to have growth. Because people are going to get, don't tell me to calm down. You're not going to walk away. That's because they have their own traumas. Right? And Mm -hmm. I used to be that person. I used to be that person. I would get into arguments in my relationship and he would be that person that's like, I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. And I have abandonment issues, right? Lack of lack of security, domestic violent relationship, all the things, right? So by him walking away and not comprehending, okay, well, we can just talk when he comes back. I was that person that's like, you're not leaving and we have to stay here and we're going to talk about it now. And and the fight would only increase. Then it would get nowhere. Right? And that had to be a lesson I had to learn to where I'd be like, you know what? I have abandonment issues. Him walking away triggers me but I need to know that him walking away is actually going to save us because then we can actually have effective communication. Understand. Right? So by you telling someone to calm down, you say it in a respectful way. I'm not going to mm-hmm. allow you to talk to me like that. When you calm down, we can finish the conversation. And Jason is now going to walk away. He's going to listen to his music. He's going to do the things to calm him down, whether that's breath work, taking a walk, whatever that looks like. And then when the conversation comes back, they're going to have effective communication. Now, if the conversation comes back and that person starts to yell again, Jason's going to be like, "Uh, uh-uh, nope, I told you when you're calm, we'll, we'll have this conversation. Jason's going to remove himself until that person calms down. Kind of like a kid, right? We do that with kids. Nope, I told you to sit down. I told you to sit. Nope, that you have to grab the kid's hand and sit them. Now don't move. Same thing. It's called boundaries. That's the biggest form of self-care, right? So does that kind of help with the trigger uh, question, Jason? Yes, it did. It really did. Uh, Thank you for sharing that and kind of give me an idea of how to kind of work on trying to handle triggers when they come up. I know this was a good example for one. I know there's millions of them out there, but this definitely helps the kind of the pattern of what I might need to do when it comes up. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for asking the question. Anyone else have any questions? Let me check the chat real quick. Um, Okay, question in the chat. Can you share some ways to know if you're in healthy, positive discomfort or unhealthy, negative discomfort? Um, Oh, I like what you said about coming out of old patterns and needing to be uncomfortable in order to change. Can you share some ways to know if you're in healthy, positive discomfort or unhealthy, negative discomfort? Yeah. So asking yourself, what are those, what are those old patterns that you're identifying? Right. Um, and if they are serving you, right. So going to Jason, since that's the one we've been talking about him running away and yelling at that person is a pattern he has. It's going to take him a lot of work to start to know that when I get yelled at, I got to walk away. Right. So that yelling back or running away is a pattern that's causing him discomfort because now he's in a situation that he doesn't necessarily like to be in. But he also knows that if he wants to have a healthy relationship or a healthy communication or just not get triggered and cause stress for himself, he has to do the uncomfortable thing by just walking away. Right. It's really uncomfortable telling someone you need to calm down or I'm not talking to you. Right. That's really uncomfortable, especially if you're a people pleaser. 
right? No one, no one likes to tell people what to do, especially if it's going to cause conflict. So that unhealthy pattern is something that he has to do the uncomfortable thing for so that he can then start to live a different comfortable lifestyle, right? So some ways to know if you're in a healthy or like positive discomfort is what is the end result? right? So the end result of Jason doing this uncomfortable thing is I'm now not going to have someone yelling at me. I'm now going to be able to stand up for myself. I now love myself enough to tell people how to treat me, right? That's a positive discomfort. An unhealthy negative discomfort is him yelling and being like, you're not going to yell at me and and like thinking he's better than the person. When in reality, he's telling that person how to treat him rather than don't do this, don't do that, right? Pointing the fingers. Um, So it's really important when, if you are, or when you are creating the boundaries, you use I statements, right? I don't like to be yelled at. I will come talk to you when you calm down, right? So the unhealthy discomfort is you're not going to talk to me like that you are yelling, you need to walk away and all the things, right? Like you see the difference. Um, Does that answer that question or clarify it a little bit more? You guys can just put yes or no in the chat. Um, Yeah, thank you. That's really helpful. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, next question. My sister will tell me, pick your battles. Yes, Rhonda, right? Pick your battles, right? So a lot of people are like, well, I don't like how people treat me. You tell people how to treat you based on how you love yourself. That's why it's really important to date yourself. Like literally date yourself, take yourself out, be comfortable with being alone with yourself because we show people how to love us. You can't teach someone to love you if you don't love yourself. You can't teach people how to respect you if you don't respect yourself. So all of the ways that people have been treating you is because you have allowed it, right? People think they can yell at you because you allowed them and gave them permission to yell at you. Whether you said, yes, you can yell at me or not, you subconsciously gave them that permission by not putting them in their place when they yelled at you. Right? So you're going to get pushback when you start to stand up for yourself because now you're going to have a new view of who you are. You're going to view yourself enough to actually love yourself and stand up for yourself. But when you set those boundaries, people aren't going to like it. And you will actually start to see who is supposed to be in your circle based off of the boundaries you're setting. Because the people will either hop on board or they'll be like, yep, nope, this is not going to work. And you're going to outgrow them. And that's when you have to bless and release. Love people from a distance. Right? So... Absolutely. Like pick your battles. And by you picking your battles, you're actually showing yourself how much you love yourself because you're not tolerating the BS you used to once tolerate. And you're learning how to walk away, just like how Jason's going to start learning how to walk away. So I love that. Any other questions? We have two more minutes. Um, so go ahead and drop them in the chat or unmute yourself. Any comments, concerns? Yes, bless and release. I love that. Someone mentioned to me, actually, my sister mentioned to me um, something, and I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. It's um, like a frog theory. Uh, have you ever heard that? Um, 
it was kind of weird. And I don't know if it's, I mean, I guess you mentioned to me, it's where a frog can actually um, step their feet in hot water and they'll jump. Mm-hmm. But then if you put the frog in water and then yeah. put hot water in it, it'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. It's adapting, right? So I have heard that theory. Um, mm-hmm. We just like, we called it like the adaptation theory, right? You're adapting. Um, but I love, you know, everyone has their own names, but yes, I have heard that theory. Right. And it's true. So like Jason was saying, you have a frog and you put the frog in boiling water, it's going to lift his feet up. But if you put it in there and make it sit in there, it's going to adapt. Right. You do it all the time. You take showers. I'm assuming you guys take showers or get in hot tubs or pools or things like that. Right. You adapt to the water temperature. But at first you're like, oh, this is cold. Oh, this is too hot. Right. But then you sit in there a little bit and your body is able to regulate to adjust to that temperature, whether it's cold or hot. Right. So now if we think about it on a psychological level, your brain does the same thing. Right. So that fight or flight is that, oh, it's hot. But if you tell your brain, nope, this is the environment we're in. No matter how chaotic this is the environment we're in, your brain is going to learn to adapt to where now, if you have a peaceful environment, your brain's going to be like, wait, this is weird. Where's the chaos? This is not normal. Right? To where now your brain doesn't know how to adapt to peace, but it's well adapt to chaos. So yeah, I love that analogy, Jason. And it's true, right? We do it every single day which is why it's so important to be able to put those boundaries up so that we're not adapting to the things that we shouldn't be adapting to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. For Thank that. you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Any other questions or comments? Drop them in the chat. Yeah, I wanted to say, um, <laughs> I had put in the chat, but I don't think you've seen it, but I wanted to say, even being married, I has, I never like to be alone, you know, not even at home or whatever, but people have started telling me to, you know, enjoy the quietness, enjoy the stuff. So even being married, where I catch myself doing recently, I'll go off for work and I'll go to Chile and have lunch by myself. Yeah. Uh, no, so I'm learning to be in the present, enjoying my own company. Yeah. Yeah. And that is huge, right? So that is also a trauma response where you get into relationships and now you're like, oh, I need to ask my husband and wife and girlfriend and boyfriend for permission. Like, no, you don't. You just got to make sure there's not a schedule conflict, right? Oh, I got to I gotta go home because hubby wants me home. Wifey wants me home, right? Like, are they your parents or are they your partner, right? Are you a possession or are you an equal, right? So I love that you brought that up, Rhonda, because it's true. Like, you have so It is like a courtesy. Like, I'm not asking you permission to go somewhere or do anything out of courtesy because you are my mate. I'm letting you know what my plans are. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I went out of the country for my cousin's 40th birthday and people was like, oh, your husband and mine? I mean, I told him I was going, but I didn't, I didn't, have, I didn't feel like I had to have permission. Yeah. Right. And everybody's lifestyle is different. Right. So you hear it a lot, especially with families who have kids, but it's like, as long as the kids are taken care of, 
and there's no conflict schedules, right? It's like, why can you not do the things you want to do? But that comes from generational trauma, right? Women have to be at home and be the caregivers. Women have to cook dinner and do the chores and take care of the kids and do all the things. And the men just have to work, right? That's generational trauma from so many different ethnicities that have been passed down to where we have to ask our partners, man or female, permission to do the things we want to do, right? But that's when we take our power back and we do the courtesy by saying, this is what I want to do. This is the time and day. Do you have anything planned? Nope. Okay, perfect. I'm going to go do that. Right? So that is how trauma can actually start to be in like forming unhealthy habits in relationships is by you living less than and having this like superiority to your partner. Whereas you guys are equal. Right? And that's when the self-love and the boundaries come. Because if you've been doing that for decades in your relationship to where your partner is higher than you, when you start to take that independence, they're going to be like, wait a minute, this is weird. But it's because you're forming your identity, right? You're not so-and-so's partner. You're not so-and-so's mom. You're a partner. You're a mom. You're a daughter. You're a friend. You're a partner. You're a business partner. You're all the things, but you have different identities, and you absolutely should live into different identities. You shouldn't have to conform to just one and put your other ones on the side burner. That is a trauma response, right? You feeling less than because you believe that if you have boundaries with that person, friendship or intimate relationship, you're going to lose them by having boundaries. One way to allow individuals to find the acoustic cue is to invite them in on this journey. So if you have a tug on your heart to share these episodes with people who you believe can learn from them or benefit from them or need to hear them, share these episodes, share the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, and let's go impact the world one day at a time. The best way for us to give back to those that we love is to invite them to become the best versions of themselves. I hope you guys are having the most amazing day and we'll check back in later.